episode of Salty Thoughts with Tamal Dodge. I'm sitting here with Chef Babette, also known as Chef B, a culinary artist cooking up comfort food in downtown Inglewood at the restaurant Stuff I Eat. When you walk in, you are hit with the delicious scents and aromas that are reminiscent of your mom's kitchen or a memory from your youth that takes you way back. Your mouth is watering even before you hit the counter to order. You are greeted with a staff that is down to earth and full of smiles. Stuff I Eat is a very special place and I'm thrilled to have you here, Chef B. Thank you. It's wonderful being here. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. And, you know, I came into your restaurant a couple of weeks ago and I ate some of your delicious food and I just couldn't believe it. It just, you know, I, my mom was a chef and the flavors and the feel, the quality of your restaurant just sent me somewhere and I had to talk to you and I was like, I want you on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> you make me blush. Thank you for that, Tamal. Well, how did eating a plant-based diet come about, and what was your journey to living the kind of lifestyle you do today? Oh, man, this is such a fun story. I I enjoy sharing this story. I have to really give um, a lot of credit to my husband, Rondell Davis. I met him in the spring of 1990, and uh, prior to meeting Rondell, I was eating the standard American diet, bloated all the time. I could often tell the story. I could have actually won a belching contest. I know I would have been victorious because I could make the largest belches of anybody on the planet. I know that. I was always bloated, always had indigestion. I didn't have a clue. And I had a massive sweet tooth, loved refined sugar, anything that had refined sugar in it, I was all over it. So needless to say, (laughs) asthma, eczema, um, acne, I couldn't even wear anything backless back in the day. Mm. So once I met Ron and... uh, Ron is a, a, a talker, and he likes to share, and, <laughs> and, and 25 years ago, I was listening, and so um, I want him to be quiet now, but <laughs> back, 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 back then, I, I was listening, and, and I'm so happy that I was, because he shared, first off, he shared a couple of books with me, Fit for Life mm. by Harvey and Marilyn Diamond, and uh, The Mucusless Healing System by Professor Arnold Errett. And after reading those books, I read both volumes, one and two of Fit for Life. I, I, was, I was ready to transition. I was ready to do something different. Plus, on our first date, Ron prepared my first vegan meal. Mm. And it was a simple meal, but it was awesome. It was just string beans. It was um, his pan-fried, his special pan-fried tofu. Mm. And um, he had a salad with basmati brown rice. I don't think I'd ever eaten basmati brown (laughs) rice. I didn't even know that there was a basmati brown rice. But anyway, we had that and some type of a um, wheat, cracked wheat bread. And I was in heaven. I kept calling the tofu meat. And he kept saying, that's not meat. And I was like, okay, but it tastes like chicken. (laughs) And so um, at that point, I was intrigued, you know, and 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 I thought to myself, I was never considered a cook. I just thought to myself, I want to be able to prepare meals, the meals that I enjoy so much, 
this way without using animal products. Mm -hmm. I want to see if I can do that. I hadn't gotten as far as the sugar yet, but um, eventually uh, as time went on and I started studying and learning, I understood that refined sugar is poison and it's one of the reasons that my skin was wreaking havoc mm -hmm. every time I ate it. So I, I, I did a lot, I did really well for myself by finding information that uh, assisted me with the transition. And um, here I am today, 25 years later, I was 40 years old when I started this mm -hmm. journey and I'll be 66 in December. My goodness. And, um, Life is real good right now. It's it's really incredible. Really. You look amazing. Thank you. You look incredible. Like, thank you, thank you. When I was here with my friends a couple of weeks ago, I was with my wife and one of our uh, good buddies, and I looked at them and I said, I can't believe she's 65 years old. She looks, you are the picture of health. I'm telling you, it's the lifestyle. I know, I, I'm telling you, I know that it is the lifestyle. Mm. I just attended um, my ex-sister-in-law's 75th birthday, and my ex-husband was there. He's two years older than my uh, than myself, the same age as my current husband, and um, he didn't take mm. a healthy path, and it shows up. Yeah, you know all the diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, just not feeling well, and such a, a handsome person aesthetically you look at this guy and he's just really great looking but you can tell that his body has just been put through it it's hurting and yeah it's just he's just not feeling good and so consequently it messes with the way that you look you, yeah. you know you're not going to look healthy if you're not feeling healthy and so um i'm glad i that that i chose the path that i chose mm-hmm and you know i can tell that it's working and i, I think you're a, a walking testimony oh, thank you <laughs> of the lifestyle um let's talk a little bit about the love your age project and what that's all about well uh the love your age project was um initially my daughter came up with that she's a usc grad and she's mm. just, she's like vomits different ideas and, but um she decided that mom you know you're doing so well with 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 yourself and the way that your your lifestyle uh, allows you to um just maintain your your physical uh health and she goes what if we started a project called love your age um because i often i often say i'm not a miracle actually i'm i look and feel the way that a 65 year old should look and mm -hmm. feel depending on how you care for yourself and so we decided yeah that's going to be it I think I don't care where you are how old you are you should love where you are mm -hmm. and you should have the knowledge so that no matter what age you become quality of life is key I mean you know longevity has its place mm -hmm. as Dr. Martin Luther King used to say but <laughs> quality quality that's that's huge and so we decided that we were advocates advocates of um, people living their lives to the fullest and being good at wherever you are in life 
you should feel good you should be good and so we're gonna we're gonna expound on that and do some really fun things hopefully i can have myself a little tv program and entitle it love your age mm. so we'll just keep that put that out there in the Let's ether put it out there <laughs> yes you'd be a wonderful host of a it show it would be wonderful right <laughs> It'd be great and 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 some type of a, a a show where it's more lifestyle geared where you you see chef babette bungee jumping or or snorkeling yeah. and i don't even know how to swim but you know just <laughs> enjoying life if you will because that, i mean this is a short journey yeah. in this human form and uh, if you live it not feeling well then it just seems like such a major waste yeah. You know, I, I just I enjoy being a human and I enjoy the journey mm. and I also enjoy doing it and leaving everybody else alone. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what it's all about. That's wonderful. You know, um, just thinking about you're saying having a quality of life, it's just because our standards have been so lowered, especially in America, where we think, oh, when I hit, you know, a certain age, this is time for me just to fall apart, me to live on 10 different kinds of medication and, you know, keep waking up eating my bacon, my <laughs> eggs and my coffee with extra cream and then take some stuff to mask my headache and the way I feel and oh. drink some more caffeine to give me energy. And it's this vicious cycle it's of feeling cycle. bad. You are so right. Um, I, I grew up in a yoga ashram in Hawaii, but my family was very spiritually wealthy, but we were junk food vegetarians growing up which people are like there's no such thing well there is a such thing um where you know we ate i I grew up eating you know uh east indian style diet we did not eat meat fish or eggs but we did eat like yogurt and butter and a lot of white rice a lot of white flour refined foods refined sugars and it wasn't until i got sick when i was a teenager that i realized there's a different way to eat and a different way to do it and um you know it took time to get educated, you know, and uh, one of our close family friends, her name was Kathy Hoshijo, and she had a, the first ever vegetarian cooking show on national television on PBS from 79 to 91, wow. and it was called Kathy Cooks Naturally, and she was way out of her time. And she uh, taught me so much about how to eat a whole food, plant-based diet, what raw food was, and, you know, raw food was the thing that actually got me well. Good for you. And um, so, you know, really, uh, things that um, really inspire me are when people like you come about and you just share the wealth, you know, share the knowledge. And like you said, we're here for a short journey, but what you do with that journey is what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's <laughs> what it's all about. Because you're going to take that with you. Whatever you did, yeah. you're going to take it with you. Exactly. You're going to take... I always tell people, you can try to buy the car, you can spend all the money you want or try to acquire all the money you want, you can get in the house, but you ain't going to take that with you when you leave. You're also not going to take even the body that you're living in right now when you leave. You just got to take the spiritual things That's with it. you. That level of consciousness that, that you, you want to skyrocket, you want that thing to be way up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to go way up. Um, so... Uh, I think that making someone's first experience eating healthy a positive one is absolutely imperative. It's extremely important because it triggers inspiration or at least a memory that you don't have to sacrifice the way food tastes in order for it to be good for you. Um, you know, everyone's always like, oh, I don't want to eat rabbit food. Well, it shouldn't taste like rabbit food. Exactly. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about your restaurant. It does not taste like rabbit food. You eat it and you're like, oh, my God, I could eat this it's every day. Food, it's right? real food, right? It's real food. It's real food. So what made you uh, come to that conclusion or that place where you were going to make food taste 
just like real food and you weren't going to go the other direction, which right. a lot of restaurants do. And I, I like it, but it's not for, I think, the general public's first experience. Right. Well, I, um, I have to give credit to Ron on that. Um, Ron just, he was a firm believer that uh, once you get a person with the taste and the texture, you've got them. Mm. And so that was, he taught me a lot about um, cooking minus animal products mm. and all of the crap. And he's right. Once you appeal to a person's palate, they really don't care whether you have eggs or chicken or any of that other stuff in the food. And yeah, when you talk about a cleaner, even with my raw food, I always keep the human palate in mind. I want you, I don't want to take you away from where, where you're used to being so much, except I want it cleaner, if that makes sense Mm. to you. Um, I, I just want you to sit down and just be reminded of where you came from, but minus the indigestion and the loud burps. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be gassy, constipated, and in pain. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Did you know how many people go through that daily? Oh, every day. But that, that was it. It was always just keeping in mind that once you give a person that texture, that taste and texture, they're going to be okay. They'll, they'll be open. Now, it's not 100 yeah, but it's about ninety-five percent of people that come in here and taste it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find something on that menu they like. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend that I came with, uh, he's not a vegetarian. He uh-huh. ate it and he looked at me and he goes, "This is the best burrito I had in my life." See, best burrito I've ever had and in my see, life. And see, that's a, that's <laughs> excellent. And he he was born and raised in North Carolina. He's a basketball player and he grew up eating like the most comfort food you can <laughs> think of. And he ate this. He goes, "This is the best." I've ever had in my life. This is incredible. So many people feel the same exact way because we're, and you know what? We don't over salt. We don't use a lot of grease. And a lot of people are addicted to the Mm -hmm. grease and the salt and all that kind of stuff. And we don't do that with the food, but the flavor's there and people are appreciative of that. Yeah, your body gets addicted to certain substances um, versus getting addicted to the way you feel. Exactly. Um, And, you know, I think that. And the food that you make here is very special. Thank you. (laughs) I think you can take anybody here for their first time of eating a plant-based diet. First day ever eating something that was like 100% plant-based meal and they'll blow their mind. And you know what? So many of our customers have never eaten a vegan meal or vegetarian Mm. meal in their lives before they come here. And that's, they feel the same exact way. So that's what we strive for. And that's the only thing too that can be a hinder when you try to grow or you're trying to you're trying to um, sell um, I just got thrown off there but but uh, yeah let's just go to something else <laughs> it's all good I'm sorry there's people walking around yes. in distractions she we're, tried we're, to open the door I know <laughs> and we're like this is it for our listeners we're actually sitting in the restaurant right now <laughs> before it opens and she walked up with such energy yeah she, she wanted just in. knew that door was gonna open <laughs> You know, the thing that you do that's different here, too, is when I came in and I, I uh, walked up to your counter, one, your staff here is just so sweet. Yeah, they're sweet. They're great. And um, the, everyone was looking at all the desserts, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. God, I bet you that's good. And your staff was like, you want to try it? And she just took a spoon and gave me <laughs> yes. a spoon of it. And I was like, really? I can try that? I'm like, all right. And it was amazing. Then you came out with a giant blueberry cheesecake. I'm like, well, that looks good, too. And you're like, do you want to try it? <laughs> and you just gave me a spoonful. And I remember I didn't even say a word. I took a bite. And I went, 
oh, and you went, it's like that, huh? And I was like, yeah, it's like that. Wasn't that a great cheesecake, oh, though, really? Like the best thing you're ever going to have. <sighs> that was a good one. Yeah. Um, well, I've read in some of your interviews, you talk about the best food should be fed to our body temple. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, since we're alive, it's kind of nice if we give our temples life. Mm. And I, I, it's my opinion, we eat too much death. Yeah. We, we want to try mm. to uh, add heat to every single thing we eat. And um, we don't even know what live food tastes like. Yeah. So if you put something live in your mouth, it's like, eh, where's the salt? Where's the... <laughs> so I, I, I really do believe in a raw lifestyle. That's, that's, I mean, we do this here, stuff I eat, offers a more, I'd say, transitional menu. Yeah. It's combo, though. Yeah, it's combo, it, but it's more transitional. Yeah. I always put life on the plate. My husband's just been so aggravated. You keep giving these people these salads, and I'm like, you know, we can ask them if they want their salad, but there will be a salad with every entree. You need something live in your diet when you sit down to eat. You need those live enzymes. Mm. You just got to feed those cells. And it's like, unless you really, that's why I tell people, pay attention to yourself as a, a species, as a human. What What is it you truly need? And then eat with intention, if you will. You know, understand that out of this plate of food, I need to make sure that I'm getting something really good for me and not just satisfying the palate. And that's too many times why we eat. So for me, live food is key when you're, you're taking care of your body temple. Um, if I didn't eat primarily a live diet, I don't know if I'd feel as good as I feel or if I'd have the energy and the stamina. Sometimes, yesterday I got in the kitchen at 2.30 in the morning. It was my husband's birthday, and he loved this live banana, this raw banana cake I made the day before. So I had to get up and make him this banana cake, but of course I had to freeze it, so it had to set up. So when he, he got up and came into the restaurant, I'd be able to present him with his birthday cake. And, but for me to be able to get up at 2.30 in the morning and have that kind of stamina and then be on my feet for hours after that at almost 66 years old, I'm just I'm feeling so blessed mm. and so grateful that all of this information was uh, given to me. And, and I did something with it. So yeah, that when I talk about that, I'm talking about live food, raw food. I love raw food. Yeah. Everybody should love raw food. And there are so many wonderful dishes that you can make with yeah. raw. You don't have to cook everything. And, it, and it, you, you see colors in your food. Because when you add heat to it, it makes everything dingy, mm -hmm. take the life out of it. So life begets life, yes. Yeah. I love so much of what you just said. It was so awesome, on point, and profound. It's, you know, people don't realize that if you eat cooked food, you're just depleting yourself of your enzymes. And enzymes do a million different things for you, but like you said, I think it's depleting the life out of you. And, um, you know, if you eat that raw food, it's going gonna, it's gonna to enliven, invigorate you. You're feeding yourself enzymes that you can store, and it gives you, you know, that longevity, that yes. gas tank that will take you forever. And you got to get that juice in, too, that mm. live juice, that daily juice. you got to get that juice in. So if your colons are blocked, 
coming off of an animal-based diet and your colons are blocked and you still need the nutrients, slam down some good, strong green drink, put a little apple, uh, cilantro in this. My favorite drink I'm naming right now. <laughs> cilantro, <laughs> apple, uh, 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 lemon or lime, and ginger. Mm, yum. And you get that in your system. You give, you feed your cells like immediately. Eat, yeah. Because once you're digesting, right, it has to go through the process. And if you're blocked, you know, mm. by the time the nutrients reach cell level, you've lost a lot of them going through the digestive process. So get that juice in there. If you, if you don't get the nutrients from any other source, you can get it from that juice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people in general that are getting interested in food don't realize that we only look at carbohydrates, proteins, right. and all these things that are out there that we've been fed and told since we were a little kid. But when it comes down to enzyme nutrition, it's all about the it's live key. food. It's all about the raw it food. It really is. And um, yeah, you, if, you eat, if you continually eat cook, cooked food, there's no enzymes in the food. And then you end up depleting your body of your own enzyme reserves. Yes. Teach. Yeah. And then <laughs> if you eat raw food, your body doesn't have to deplete itself because the enzymes that are in the raw food itself pre-digest it and whatever enzymes are left over, you store for a rainy day. That's it. And um, So key. Oh, so key. So key. Just little information like that is just, it's incredible. And then to think about that when you're nourishing yourself or yeah. attempting to is, is eating with intention because now you're thinking, uh, more so about what that food is going to do for you rather than how good you're going to feel after you eat it. So. Yeah. I mean, in yoga, they say our body is a temple. They say you are a jiva atma, a pure spirit soul that gives the body what life. Else is it? What else is it? Yeah. Your church sanctuary ain't your temple. Yeah. And you, you're kinder to the church sanctuary than you are to the true body temple mm. a lot of times. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And you're a walking temple, so it's not just what you eat, but how you conduct yourself exactly. in the world. And oh, my goodness. It just goes on and on. We could sit here all day. We could sit here all day. <laughs> Philosophizing. Um, <laughs> But let's move on a little bit. We'll move to the next topic. Um, how do you find the best way to change people's philosophies about food and their relationship to food? Because people have, like, yeah. great attachment. Yeah, they do. You know, when I started this journey, it was um, purely for selfish reasons. It was like, I'm not going to belch so much anymore. I ain't going to have rash or asthma. <laughs> but as time went on, of course, I, I understood that you know, I say this so often, I am just a tiny part of the whole. And um, I just share that philosophy with people. I don't, sh I'm not on this planet alone. And I've lived for 25 years now without ingesting uh, another species, uh, another sentient being, if you will. And so that, to me, is huge because I don't have to harm another animal to nourish myself, which chances are I'm not going to be nourished anyway. I will wind <laughs> up sick. But, um, and then I, I, I just pretty much appeal to that side of them. And then I, I, just, I just offer suggestions on, and, and especially for those people that come to me and they really want information. It's kind of difficult trying to change the mind of a person that is dead set. I don't, I'm not a preacher. I don't preach at people. I share my life, my lifestyle. I share how I feel. And I share my thoughts and my heart 
and if I get you, I get you. If I don't, oh well, maybe later on. Maybe it's just not your time. Mm -hmm. But I will not preach to you. And um, even though I have my my strong opinions about uh, the consumption of animal products, um, I I try not to come at people because I was there. Yeah. I, I was I was right there. You know, I I started my daughter's life off in uh, in this world, uh, feeding her pet milk out of a can and Cairo syrup. Mm -hmm. um, I was ignorant. I did I did not know. And so I didn't want to breastfeed her. How could I not breastfeed my child? And mm. through ignorance, and I didn't have a doctor that, that, you know, shared with me or impressed upon me the importance of uh, feeding my child breast milk. But then I was eating so crummy, she, prob she was probably better off eating the can. <laughs> but the bottom line is, it's, it's a lack of knowledge, ignorance. And, and ignorance can just lead us down so many um, roads that are, are not for the best, not, not the best for us. And so I try really hard to be gentle and uh, encouraging and optimistic when it comes to talking to other people and their diets and, and steer far, far away from preaching at them or making them feel like they're less than because I, what I understand about myself is I'm not 100. I'm on a journey. Mm -hmm. I have not arrived. Mm -hmm. So there are still things that I learn right today every single day that makes me a better person. Yeah. So you can't categorize i mean you know if i'm not there i'm not there i'm just like everybody else i'm not her i'm us mm -hmm. and so i think we're all learning and all getting better everybody has their areas but i don't want to be preached at either yeah so a gentler more loving approach for me is is what i take to and so that's kind of the way that i give it yeah i mean in yoga they say we're all in this material world for education purposes yep. to learn to grow so i think we're all on different stages of that learning there wheel you um you know it's really interesting in general some of the stuff you were saying is i look at all the great teachers you got buddha you got pantanjali their first thing is all ahimsa which is non-harming that's like their first thing they teach people right so it's like you're saying if we create the least amount of harm as we can while we're here. Exactly. It's gonna expand your consciousness, your the way you look and feel, the way you treat other people. It's just a ripple effect. It is a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, how did Stuff I Eat come about the restaurant itself? <laughs> well, um, I started a catering company. I thought I was gonna be a singer. And I went to Japan, spent six weeks in Japan at the, I was singing with a group at the Motown Cafe. and. Uh, Every night we put our wigs on and our boas. And, <laughs> and I noticed that every day the other members of the group were writing songs mm. and singing and practicing. And I was jogging. I was going to, <laughs> to the park. I was shopping <laughs> for food. I was preparing our meals before we got to the... And, and, and I was meditating. So I, I was never singing. Right. I, it just... And I, it dawned on me. This is not, this is not your path. And through so much meditation, because I had so much time on my hand in Japan, six weeks, and I meditated 
every day so much. And I realized that when I got back to the States, I was going to start a catering company. I knew that. I said, if I have to turn my entire house into a catering company, that's what I'm going to do. So I wound up, um, I got, came back home and I started going hard. I was also involved in a play and um, I fed the cast members every evening at rehearsal. And I had started my company and I was trying to come up with a name and I said, it's just the stuff I eat. And somebody said, then that's the name, that, mm. that should be the name. And so that's how Stuff I Eat, the catering company started. And um, my hus husband got involved full on and we went over to Agape Spiritual Center. Are you familiar with Agape? Mm -hmm. Reverend Michael Beckwith is the spiritual teacher over there, yeah. uh, thanks to Reverend Michael. Anyway, he let us come on the parking lot. We eventually built us a souped up hot dog cart and we came on the parking lot and we were there for six years. Wow. Yeah, six years. We had block long lines. Wow. And it was uh, the best uh, place to have do a market analysis because, <laughs> you know, everybody goes to Agape, you know, and everybody liked the food. So um, we were on our way to Jamaica. Uh, I used to take these, I used to work for the airline, so I had all these passes and we loved going to Negril, Jamaica. And so we were on our way to Jamaica and we were walking down Market Street and the door to this place was open. We didn't have any money, no money. But we walked in and they had a built-in steam table that was the same exact color as our business cards. And <laughs> that was an omen for me. I right. like, and so we talked to the owner and he said, now nah, I'm going to turn this into a Nike um, kids store. There was a Nike shoe store next door mm. and he was wanted this to be a Nike kids store but by the time we got back after about eight days we had messages on the phone and he was offering the, us this place for little or nothing. Wow. It's so little or nothing that we could afford to actually get in it but then it took us four years to get it ready to open. It, it, we had no money but you know hey <laughs> we could pay the rent so we just Fixed it a little bit at a time, yeah. and then July 1st, 2008, we opened the doors. Yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> All good things come in time, there right? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, you're a chemist in the kitchen. How do you come up with your delicious recipes? Is there a process? Is you there... know, it's just um, I'm inspired by color. I'm mm. big on color. So <laughs> I went to a vegan restaurant I had an event in Las Vegas about a month or so ago and we went to the we visited this great little vegan restaurant and um, they had purple rice rolls and I had never used purple rice mm -hmm. so when I got home I got the purple rice some red cabbage and uh, I made a cashew uh, cabbage pate that of course was purple. <laughs> so I made, I, I just, the whole dish was purple. Yeah. And um, so that's what I do. I love going to farmer's market. I love picking up a carrot that's not the regular orange carrot. Mm. Just give me another color carrot or give me a different color bell pepper. So, and I'll get stuck on that. Maybe today's color is yellow. Yeah. So I may just do a whole raw dish that's yellow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm the color first. Um, I, I tried to, like I said, be very, very cognizant of um, 
not killing the food. Even if it's cooked food, I try hard not to kill it too much. <laughs> but yeah, so just getting product knowledge, because I'm not a trained chef, just product knowledge and, and the desire to taste something wonderful and clean in my mouth mm. gets me going. So you got color, desire, and product knowledge, and put them all together, and boom, there you go. Because I'm, I'm making some amazing desserts right oh now my gosh. Oh, they are just stupid and they're just <laughs> and i love the the raw desserts more than the cooked desserts oh. because then you always have the problem with the gluten and all that kind of stuff where you can make raw desserts and you're just using nuts and seeds and fruit and oh, yeah. and just going nuts and i i go from parfaits to cakes to cobblers to cookies ice cream sandwiches just what just whatever so it's just really teaching myself, learning the product and, and what I can do with it and what I can achieve with it. And that's how I come up with it. Mm. Yeah. Mixed with all that good intention there and you intuition, go. See? you got it down. Yes. Yeah. You're, I mean, your blueberry cheesecake that you gave purple. me a couple of weeks ago, weeks purple. ago, it was the most vibrant purple I've ever seen. <laughs> Wasn't it purple? It was so beautiful. You know how I did that? It looked like a hat. Oh, you it know? looked like an amazing crown or something like. It was so. Didn't tall. it? Wasn't it so purple though? Yeah. Really? You can get freeze dried blueberries, and you can get so purple on that. Oh my god! And gosh. then also, I took I took um, red cabbage leaves, nice purple, and put them in warm water and just let them sit so that that purple came off those leaves mm. and then i also used that in that cake along Ugh. with i know i know that cake was crazy that's what you call and you natural were here, food you coloring were, you were, that's natural and i use <laughs> my beet. there you go I, I, <laughs> I make red velvet cake and i use my beets yeah yeah oh your beet lemon it is through the roof here thank too. you yes oh my gosh i took a sip of that and i'm like okay i'll get this too <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um so I notice you're getting a lot of press, a lot of in your restaurants doing well. There's a lot of recognition and a lot of stuff just kind of rushing your way. How do you stay centered? How do you unwind and all this stuff? Um, you know, pretty much. Um, I don't. I don't go out a lot. Mm. I'm a homebody. Mm. In that in that in that arena, I am 66. <laughs> I don't. I'm I don't, 66 too. Do, 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 I just you stay don't home. Either. I don't go out. I am so comfortable <laughs> in my space and to myself. Um, yeah, I really am. But the um, the exciting thing is, uh, Mercy for first of all, BuzzFeed came in and did a great interview with us. That was fun, two million views on that. And then Mercy for Animals came in and did this amazing um, interview. It looked more like a commercial for stuff I eat. Mm. Seven point seven point seven million views yeah. to date. And that really gave Stuff I Eat a great boost. It, it kind of um, allowed a lot of people all over the planet to know that we even existed because we've never advertised here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's all been word of mouth. And uh, that's why I, I beat them up in the back and make sure they're nice to you guys because <laughs> since it is word of mouth, we don't need any drama. But, um, yeah, er everything is going really, really wonderfully right now and then building the the chef by bed brand stuff i eat is fine right now but now i'm building the uh chef by bed brand the only thing that's kind of got me a little annoyed is that everybody that i go to that that wants to assist me with the building of this brand they they want me to have like 
enormous numbers on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Like, it's like, hey, I work in a kitchen. How I'm am cooking I su- right now. What am I going to get on Instagram? I suppose they have 100,000 <laughs> 100, followers, you know? So, you know, we take it a, a step at a time. Just keep loving what you do and wanting to share. Um, no, not wanting to share. Sharing. Yeah. Uh, that's it. And, and doing my part, whatever whatever little bit I can do to make this planet home uh, sustainable for future humans and, and species, or whatever they are, I just want to be able to do my part. Just let me do my part. Mm-hmm. And, and Stuff I Eat allows me to do that on a daily. Yeah. Yeah. Did I answer your question? You did. Sometimes I In get your own way, lost. you did. It was beautiful. <laughs> okay. I like what you said. <laughs> um, so what's next for you? Um, what are your next projects or things that you're working on? Yeah, um, uh, getting this brand up and going. I've got the first uh, of a series of books um, that we're working on. The first book is a dessert book, since I'm so passionate about my desserts. Now, we were originally going to name call this book. Um, it's the... The first of Chef Babette's Crave series, Cash In on Cashews. And I just found out today, my daughter's working on the book proposal. So, you know, you have to turn in these proposals mm-hmm. for, uh, to publishers. And uh, she's decided that we need to change the name of the book. Now, I've been working on this book for years. So everybody out there thinks Cash In on Cashews is going to be the first book. Now, she tells me today we're changing the name. But anyway, <laughs> so we've got, we've got at least four in a series of of books coming out, the Love Your Age Project, which um, we're gonna be working really diligently on that. Um, Working on some TV stuff um, for Chef Babette. Um, I I, I really, in terms of um, inspiring, especially people my age, baby boomers, um, because what you said earlier is so true. You, You reach a certain age and then all of a sudden it's like, pull out my little soft shoes and my little smock and Mama ain't going nowhere today. She just gonna sit in her rocking chair and rock. <laughs> well, that ain't me. I'm still wearing booty shorts, so yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I ain't getting ready to put on them little soft shoes. I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not doing it as long as I can wear my cut-off jeans, my booty shorts. Some lady, I posted a picture on Facebook, and some lady said, "Shorts not long enough." I was, I wanted to say, "Yes, they are. They're just the way I like them." But, <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm re- I'm really good. Life is good and and I want it to continue being good and I just want to inspire. So that's why I kind of want to do the TV thing because yeah. it's it's like it's like come on, just live it out. Live it though. Don't just sit there. Yeah. Live it. And I I just need to live. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, you're blessed and I'm blessed to be able to do you know, our work is one of those things that's also service to the world and service to the community. And so it's just fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, Life there's work fun. involved. And yeah, it's a little, sometimes you're tired, but it's fun. It the whole time fun. you're having fun. You are. Um, and then to meet people like you, and I don't meet strangers. So I don't know. I feel energy from people. I, I like to lay hands on a person and I like to feel the warmth 
in the middle of my hand coming from that person and I know that that energy is good for me. I, I, I always touch and uh, and I'll, I'll usually get that and I'm a hugger. And is that why you gave me a big hug when I, I met always, you? Always, always. <laughs> and when I told you I look like shit that day, I was like, yeah. y'all, I don't have no makeup on, man. You look great. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's just like, I just want to feel the energy and feel the life and just be a part of all that. Cause I, you know, we we're too stressed out. We're too yeah. stressed out as a as a planet. We're just planets all shook up. Just, <laughs> oh, it shook it's, up. It's, it is. It's the energy. It's just <laughs> because we're a part of all of it. So you yeah. can't, you know, if we're all freaked out and weirded out, that that's exa- exactly what our home is going to be. Because yeah. it's all energy. It's all one. Yeah. It's all one. We're, we're all living in this world of. Uh, chaos, quarrel, and confusion right now. You got to you got to bring some some insight and some clarity in the midst of all that chaos. It is, and it doesn't have to be that way. Um, where can our listeners find you on your website, social media, or any of that stuff? If you okay, want. I'm on Instagram, and I'm Chef Bobette on Instagram. Help mm. me get those numbers up. At least I can get them up someplace. But my Facebook page, of course, I was posting everything on my personal family and friends page. And then they told me, no, you're supposed to have everybody like your, um, that your business page. They call that public. I yeah. hated the term public figure. <laughs> I just, it's just a business page. And so now Facebook has it something's going on so facebook is like yeah well you can't see this page and i'm yeah, like they're hiding it from you <laughs> they're hiding it from me so i'm like what, what did i do what did i do um so you can still reach me on babette davis mm. on facebook um actually i i really need to build my numbers on chef babette and i don't mean to confuse my the audience but that's what's going on in my world right now so you can you can find me on uh facebook babette davis or keep trying chef babette and uh stuff i eat is Mm -hmm. on facebook as well and um instagram stuff i eat or chef babette uh twitter i'm chef babette nice and you know all them other things they got going but that's good enough those three are absolutely our friend and our our um recording tech right now he just followed you right now just follow me darling <laughs> yeah, oh, he's following you right you. now <laughs> um are there any final thoughts or things that you'd like to share before we close out yeah i would like to share um i, I would i would like to share with everybody to just take a moment and just feel um the importance of us at least loving each other um I don't think humans do a good enough job of just loving other humans. I think um, we get too hung up on hair texture, skin color, Mm. the way a person talks and and, and that sort of thing. And we don't just understand that we're we're just all human. And Mm. if you peel away all of that outside stuff, we just look the same. And it would just be lovely if we learn to love each other more it wouldn't be hard for us to love other beings as well but we got to start we got to start with ourselves so thank you for having me here today oh, let's you. just love one another and uh i guess i'm signing off yeah <laughs> you know it's it's absolutely correct what you're saying you know i even like the saying in yoga, they always say namaste, but it just means I, the soul, see the soul in you, and I respect you, there I you honor go. you, I love you. 
So on that note, namaste, everybody. Namaste.